Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, we got lots to talk about. We'll get to President Trump. We'll get to uh, General Kelly. Is he on his way out? We'll get to the Olympics. We'll get to uh, what you got to watch out for with North Korea. We'll get to Victor Moan. We'll get to uh, lots of stuff coming up. Uh, where's the Dow right now? Up 243. Yeah, just be careful. Just be careful. It could be a choppy week. You got stuff being reported this week. A big report on Wednesday uh, and also worries about inflation. Just be careful. It could be another uh, choppy week. That's a consumer prices and I think it's a producer price index. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a couple things coming out. Yeah, yeah. Just be careful. I mean, it's, could that could have been the bottom at 10% or there could be another little shakeup and then uh, at some point you'll be back to normal. But – just don't go jumping in completely right well, now. Well, we, we may have missed the bottom if we keep waiting there, Mark. Well, that's true. You can go in a little. You know, here's the most important thing. Everybody wants to buy a stock, and they sit there and they go, what's the perfect time? Should I buy it today? Should I buy it next week? Should I wait? What professionals do, what the Warren Buffetts, what all the real traders do, they don't buy a stock on one day. They'll buy 10%, buy another 10%. Then, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll they stagger it. They stagger it. Yeah, okay. Even when they sell, you know, sometimes they trim their position. They'll sell 10% here and 10% a few weeks from now. They don't have a day they buy and a, and a day they sell. So that's the mistake amateurs make. Good point. So if you're going to buy whatever, you're going to buy Apple now, buy 10% of what you're going to buy now. Another 10%. Just keep adding. And, uh, of course, it's, it gets too complicated that way, but... It also takes a lot of money to keep doing 10%, 10%, 10%. Well, no, I mean, whatever the amount you're going to do, right, don't, yeah. do, it all, don't right. do it all at once. So uh, General Kelly, I don't know. I can't tell if he's on his way out or he's not. Uh, President, I hope not. I like him. Well, he's okay. He's okay. But President Trump has said privately uh, to a couple of people <laughs> recently, this, this nut job thinks he's running the place. <laughs> Well, he did go off the rails a little. <laughs> Last few weeks, he's gone off the rails a little, where he's like uh, speaking as if he's the president. What's going to happen? He, he, comple- he oh, that's right, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then more recently, completely messed up on the Rob Porter case. He tried to uh, uh, listen. This Rob Porter, if you meet him, he's a great guy. He's a very impressive guy, like a real Boy Scout. He's like a Mountie. He's like uh, a pillar of the community. You think. You don't know, but you know that's why your first instinct is to defend him. And uh, the porter had no job of any significance in the White House. He was basically uh, clipping newspaper articles for the president to read. Now you'll see, oh, but he also handled classified, uh, top secret intelligence. No, he didn't. It just it was here. Bring this into the president. He was the guy that brought everything in. You know, if there's memos to be brought to the president. General Kelly doesn't walk down the hall and say, here's your memo. <laughs> you give it to Rob Porter to go bring it. But he's not reading them, writing them. It has nothing to do with any of that. So Trump himself shocked at the allegations. Although Trump has said privately he believes the allegations and he thinks this guy was sick. This Rob Porter wow. shocked by it. But General Kelly, if he goes, who would replace him? Uh, I think uh, the choices now are Mick Mulvaney, who everybody loves. He's already in the administration. And Kevin McCarthy, who's in the House, but didn't he? He had a problem recently. He's a bit of a 
<laughs> you can go a little wacky sometimes, too. And then there's talk of Tom Barrick, who's a very wealthy guy, friend of Trump's, very close, one of Trump's maybe three or four closest friends. John has a short lifespan. No, that's okay. I don't think it could be Barrick, though. You cannot uh, take your closest friend no, and no, make no, him chief no, of staff. No. It doesn't work. No. That's, it doesn't work. Uh, but that's the way, you know, listen, it's, it's like the, he, he, one of the things a lot of people can't understand He's running this like a private sector company, which means it moves faster. It's quicker. It's not like government, where if it costs $100, you spend a million dollars, where if it takes a year, you take 10 years. He's not running this like the government. He's running it like the private sector, like Steve Jobs. Like if he finds something's wrong with the glass on the new iPhone, pull it off and get new glass. And then two days before release, he actually did this. Change the glass again. And uh, you just got to move like the private sector. That's why people voted for him. To get away from this government stuff. So we'll see if uh, General Kelly makes it. Uh, What did did, uh, Kellyanne Conway say? I spoke with the president last night about this very issue, and he wanted me to reemphasize to everyone, including this morning, that he has full confidence in his current chief of staff, General John Kelly, and that he is not actively searching for replacements. Oh, that's it. He's gone. Yeah, as soon as I, you're right. He's gone. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as she said that. Uh, yeah, I was sitting once with a guy who had a big TV show on a network, and uh, he had gotten himself into real controversy and trouble. And we were sitting there, and the chairman of the board of ABC, Tom Murphy, called. He didn't even know the guy. And he said, I just want you to know, we are behind you 100%. <laughs> and an old veteran producer was sitting next to me, and he said, that's it. He's gone. Five weeks. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> well, he just called. He said, you'll see. Wow. It's gone in four weeks. So. Gee. I spoke with the president last night about this very issue, and he wanted me to reemphasize to everyone, including this morning, that he has full confidence in his current chief of staff, General John Kelly. Oh, start packing. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Start taking the pictures off the wall. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Um, Did you ever meet Vic Damone? Uh, No, I did not. Vic Damone was a singer. A lot of people may not remember him, but in the 50s and the 60s, they had all these huge superstars. Everybody knows Frank Sinatra. But there was a bunch of those guys. It was Jack Jones and Vic Damone, and of course it was Tony Bennett and all those guys. Damone was a very handsome guy, and he had, and every one of them, including Sinatra, will tell you, Vic Damone had the single greatest singing voice in the history of the world. He had the finest voice ever. Sinatra will tell you, nobody had a better voice than Damone. And he wasn't, probably a lot of those guys, they weren't the brightest guys in the world. Sinatra was a genius, so he would pick the best songs, the best arrangers, the best albums. He could see every trend in music. He was on top of everything. So that's why he was different from all the others. But uh, Damone, you would have loved Damone. He was a great golfer. Oh, wow. He was like a three handicap. Uh, he'd play all the he time. He liked to drink? Nah, he wasn't a big drinker. Uh, I used to play golf with him a lot. No, he wasn't a big drinker. But uh, President George H.W. Bush was a big golfer. He played all the time. And nobody can quite figure out why. But whenever he'd sink a putt, he would yell, Vic Damone! <laughs> Vic Damone? It was a tradition in the Bush family. And if you ask him, all they could remember is it had something to do with going all the way back to college. You'd yell Vic or victory, became Vic. And then his father would yell, Vic Damone. So whenever he sank a putt, he would yell, Vic Damone! On the golf, it was just a Bush tradition. That's so very funny. <laughs> it took until it was the uh, mid-1990s. It was Bill Fugazi, the great Bill Fugazi, very close to Vic Damone. And they, they found out Bush was playing. I think it was a wing footer somewhere. And they got Vic Damone, and they hid in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs>
waiting to play this great practical joke. And for some reason, it's a bad day for George H.W. Bush. He doesn't sink a putt on the first hole. Oh, my God. The second hole. <laughs> Finally, like the fourth hole, he sank a great putt. And he said, Vic Damone. And Vic came out of the bushes and he said, What? <laughs> and they almost gave old man Bush a heart attack. Right there. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now back when I was on WNEW, I used to do a trivia thing every yeah, day. Trivia mm-hmm. question. One day the trivia question was about Vic Damone. So he called me later. He goes, you know, your trivia questions, are, they're too tough. You don't make them fair. And I said, well, what are you talking about? I, they're, they're great questions. He said, well, that's just the one of the day about me. I couldn't get it. <laughs> Whoa, that's got to be tough then. Yeah, so that's why I realized it was too tough. But he's, uh, he was 89 years old. Uh, one of the reasons he had uh, kind of vanished from show business, he married a very wealthy woman. Well, that'll do it. A uh, very wealthy woman. So we, we, he just sung to her. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I mean, really wealthy with jets and mansions and wow. planes and everything. So we never saw him again. <laughs> what was his big hit? Did he have a big hit? Oh, he had lots of big hits. He had uh, An Affair to Remember and On the Street Where You Live. And, uh, I thought that's a Tony Bennett song. No, he had millions of big hits. Where's my iPod? I could play his, but he, he had his great uh, claim to fame in, within the music. Nobody had a finer singing voice uh, than him. And he, he was just, uh, he was a great guy. He, he always, <laughs> as soon as I sink a putt, victim <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, it'll be interesting to see. I, I get, a lot of people know that story. It'll be interesting to see if anybody goes to George H.W. Bush and uh, asks him about it. So, hey, the Olympics. Now, let me tell you something. There's a lot of military guys. A lot of generals that are getting very nervous now watching this Olympics. They see the South Korean heads getting too cozy with North Korea. Mm-hmm. And isn't uh, what didn't somebody report that somebody of South Korea is going to meet in North Korea with the North Koreans? One of well, the well, they said they would talk. Yeah, there's talks. Yeah. Somebody big in South Korea is going to North Korea, and they see them uh, doing dinners together, lunches together, sitting together at the Olympics. People are getting very nervous about this. Well, I mean, is it not good that they got together? Uh, I don't think when they get together, it's because North Korea is going to give up everything and become part of South Korea. I think they're looking at it the other way around. I'm just telling you, there's some generals getting very nervous Mm -hmm. watching about this. And some of you need to be nervous if you're crazy enough to be using a Samsung phone rather than an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Once Kim uh, Jong-un takes over (laughs) We would have to defend South Korea if they were attacked by the North. I'm not saying they're not saying attack. They might say they might join the North. Get that, out of that's here! What, I'm just saying that's what they're worried about. They don't like this coziness between South Korea and North Korea. Uh, by the way, the uh, Samsung Nine coming out. Uh, we'll have a report tomorrow <laughs> on it. Ronan Farrow, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. Ronan Farrow's finished his new piece, his new expose. It's another big media figure. Uh, I've given you clues before. We'll see. I don't want to say anything now because we're very, very close to publication. It could be any day. They're fact-checking it right now. I would imagine it'll start leaking out uh, beforehand. Now, with something like this, explosive sexual harassment allegations, it's not just the fact-checker at the magazine. This goes to the lawyers at the magazine. Then it's sent to a big outside law firm to review it. Which means at some point they've gone to the target of the investigation and asked him to comment on all this. I, I assume. would think so, yeah. I would think so. So he knows about it already. <laughs> Russell Simmons has left the country, by the way. He's uh, facing criminal charges. He's not in the country. He, last report was in Bali. 
<laughs> non-extraditable country? I don't know. Can you? They can still do things. I mean, even if there's no extradition treaty, you could still get extraditions. You know, if, you, if the country has something they want from America, you can make a trade. Yeah, I suppose so. So uh, I, I imagine he'll keep moving, though. Uh, Westminster Dog Show opens. Do you, you, you understand the difference between horse racing and dog shows? Yeah. The real difference, and the horse owners have told me this, if you become a racehorse owner, a lot of guys do that. This is so glamorous. I, I own racehorses. Sounds great. There's nothing more awful as a, as a business, as an expenditure. If you own racehorses, what do you think? You just buy a horse and you put it in a barn? Right. You've got to have groomers. You've got to have trainers. You gotta, and if you have a big racehorse that's in all the major races, you don't realize what you have to have. You gotta have a, they have to have a special plane outfitted for this horse. That's right. One of the big races is in Dubai. How do you think they get the horse there? You have like a 747. You have to have a bunch of horses. You've got to have stables. You've got to have – they have their own surgeons. You sure. Their own doctors. This costs 10, 20 million a year for this hobby. So they all tell me the smartest people are the ones that do the dog shows. It's a whole different thing. If you are a dog, a top dog, a show dog and dog shows, what do you have to buy? A brush? <laughs> a leash? <laughs> And some shampoo. A blow dryer. A, a blow dryer. <laughs> That's it. You don't have a special plane outfitted to bring the horse over there. You know, horse owners have to spend a fortune on goats. Well, to keep the uh, yeah, they have they, to, the, the rats and things away? Or? No, well, you have to put goats in the stable with the horses. To keep them calm? Keep them calm. Yeah. So you have to have like special goats and all this. Yeah, right. Again, if you're thinking about this, dog show. Dog show. You buy a dog, you buy a leash, you buy a brush, you're all set. <laughs> and they're all in nice places. You know, it's Boston, it's New York. You don't have to go to Dubai. You don't have to go here. All right. So uh, what is this fight about uh, with Kim, Kim Cattrall and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker? Her Sarah, uh, Kim Cattrall's brother died. Right. And apparently Sarah Jessica Parker tried to do something nice or say something. And Kim Cattrall starts tweeting out, Stay out of this. You're not my friend. You're not. I mean, really ugly uh, tweet. You're not my family. You're not even my friend. A vicious tweet. Why would you do that publicly? Well, they were. They had a disagreement over doing another edition of Sex in the City. Apparently, I'm not sure who wanted to and who didn't. But why tweet that publicly? Why be so ugly in public uh, about it? And uh, you know, this Kim Cattrall is one of these people in uh, show business who thinks because they, they're they're pushed to start and by one thing. And they think there's a whole career waiting for them. And they don't realize, you better cling to this one thing <laughs> until you die. <laughs> Cause, I mean, it's like when Shelley Long leaves Cheers. Uh, it's true. It's like all these people. Remember Chevy Chase? I mean, that's an interesting example because he did have sort of a movie career. Now, okay, that's a bad example. He, he did okay. But certain people should cling to whatever they have. I mean. Okay, I get it. I, I mean, I love Henry Winkler. He was just on the show about two weeks ago. But when Happy Days ended, it wasn't exactly the start of an incredible movie career for him. No, but he was involved in a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, Yeah, he became a good director. Okay, he had a career. But uh, I'm just saying, Kim Cattrall should pray for one more Sex and the City movie every year because that's the only thing keeping her alive. Uh, Tell us about her career outside of Sex and the City. Yeah. Uh, There you go. I'm I'm still looking. (laughs) There you go. So uh, I I don't know. She should – even if you did not, don't like the people you work with, even if you hate Sarah Jessica Parker, you just show up and you do it. So I don't know what all the fighting is about. Look at this O.J. Simpson. Thrilled to be in anything. Yeah. Sa- uh, Sasha Bar- Baron Cohen uh, offers him 20000 to be in his new movie. He accepts it. Now there's big controversy. Everybody's mad at uh, Cohen for paying 
him. Uh, authorities are questioning him about it. Hey, but when you get out of jail on parole, aren't you supposed to be looking for work? Sure. And earning a yeah, living? Yeah, you gotta. So uh, that should be good. And Sarah, uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen said with OJ, you had to give him the 20000 in cash before the meeting. <laughs> Forget the movie. Before the meeting, he came to meet with them about the project, and he said before he would come into the it was a hotel room. Oh, you got to be careful with that nowadays. With the <laughs> okay, it wasn't Harvey Weinstein. It was a hotel room with, with a lot of people in it. But that's where they had the meeting. He said OJ stood in the hallway and wouldn't come into the room until he got the twenty thousand. Wow. So yeah, sounds like a mob deal. Well, but think about that. It's like he's saying. He doesn't trust you. Give me the money. I don't trust you. Give me the money before I even come in. Wouldn't you say to him, you don't trust me? You're O.J. Simpson. <laughs> you killed You just people. got out of prison for robbery. <laughs> yeah, and killed people. You cut off your wife's head. You just got out of jail for robbing people. And you don't, you don't trust me? I'm the, I'm the suspicious one here. So they gave him the 20000 What is, Do we know what he does in this new movie? No. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's in there. I don't even know. Uh, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, remember the character he did, Ali yeah. G? Yeah. You know, he, there's an interview with him. He made a really interesting point. He said, if you watch all that Ali G stuff, there's one with Trump, there's one with everybody else in the world. He said, if you watch that, you can see that Trump is not racist. In fact, he's the least racist of anybody because if you watch, he gets mad at the guy for asking stupid questions. And he finally gets up and says, you know, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm like, he said, if you watch everybody else, every political leader, they treat this guy so carefully because he's, uh, he, you know, they're trying not to look racist. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So they're so careful around. They don't want to say anything. But Trump was just so honest with the guy and just treated him like, like anybody else. And he's, he, he, Sasha Baron Cohen, I've got to find this interview. He said, that behavior shows him to be the least racist of anybody, the least patronizing. That guy makes me so nervous just watching him. <laughs> well, watch the one with Trump. I'll put it up tomorrow. It's very funny where he just gets up and goes, all right, all right, that's enough. <laughs> and, and when he started into one of those long, rambling things, Trump goes, a little quicker, a little quicker, speed it up. <laughs> uh, all right, when we come back, we'll get to, oh, uh, Ed Rollins will be here. We're going to talk about the framing of Donald Trump. Now, you're, hear, you're hearing this name again, Sidney Blumenthal. Uh, Ed Rollins will tell you some stories about him. This is a real Clinton dirty tricks black ops guy, uh, and we'll get to that coming up on 710-WOR. Uh, now, check out the webpage. There's a lot of good stuff up there. Hillary was speaking the other day. Yeah, that's right. She's back. She's trying to run again, making speeches. Watch this. She started to choke on her own lies. She was lying about something and started to choke to death right in the middle of it. Watch this. Uh, also, your phone is spying on you. Take a look at this frightening video. Oh, and if you're a parent, watch this. There's a, this is very funny. This is the disease parents are suffering from. Um, uh, also, if you love the Rat Pack, Frank and Dean, a long-lost video has just been discovered, and it's up on the webpage. Take a look at it. Uh, just go to 710WOR.com, then go over to the Mark Simone page, or you can just go to 710WOR.com slash Mark, 710WOR.com slash 
Hey, let's take some calls. 800-321-0710 is the number. Let's go to Suzanne in New Canaan. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Mark. Um, I just wanted to briefly comment on dog shows. It, it isn't millions of dollars like a um, horse thing. But no, it's it like dollar fifty for yeah. the comb and uh, 12 bucks for the leash, and you're all set. <laughs> no, you need to hire a professional dog handler with most, most breeds, and they um, you know, groom them. The grooming's really tough, and you have to get enough major wins. Yeah, but it's one guy with a horse. you got to have a surgeon, a trainer, or this oh, or no, that. No, no, or, I know. Yeah. No, it's millions. But um, happy Valentine's Day. Nice to talk to you. I love your show. And what are you doing for Valentine's Day? I'm alone, Mark. You're alone? Why? And things didn't work out so well. Huh? Things didn't work out so well. Oh, well, me. you live in New Canaan. I notice every woman in New Canaan is divorced. No, 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 no. All everywhere. Everywhere in Connecticut. Everybody is divorced. <laughs> No, all my friends are still married. Oh, well, give it, wait another year. Then call back in a year. We'll see if that's the case. <laughs> Take care. Have a good all right. day. Thanks for calling. Everybody, you know, I, I uh, spent a lot of time in Connecticut. I spent a lot of time in New York. Every time I talk to a woman in New York, yeah. she'll say to me, I'm going to move to New York City because I can't meet anybody here. If I move to New York City, think of all the guys are going to meet. And every time I talk to a woman in New York City, I'm going to move to Connecticut because you know, who am I going to meet in New York City? But if I, <laughs> I can meet a nice guy in Connecticut. <laughs> It just everybody gets divorced. It's a big problem. It, it, it's probably good news for you out there in Connecticut. Oh no, you got to hide all the time. These women chase a you. A lot all of divorcees looking for uh, a companionship. Hey, somebody else just got rid of money. <laughs> and these guys are no bargain either up there. Let's go to Richard in New Hampshire. Hey, Richard. Hey, you know the reason that um, OJ has to get it in cash because if he gets any money that he can show his income, it goes to the uh, Goldman family. Well, yeah, that's the. Um, uh, that's the problem, and he's got a. That, I think that's why the authorities are looking at it. He got twenty thousand in cash, and they want to make sure that he's not trying to hide it. Now, when you win a major lawsuit like the Goldman family did against OJ, what was it like? Millions, tens of millions. You don't actually get all their money. The way the court sets that is, you get uh, if there's a certain percentage, you get like twenty percent of their income or twenty five percent of all future income until the debt is paid. So, for OJ, uh, that's all that would happen. But uh, I, I, if he asked for it in cash, he would still have to report it. So, uh, and the Goldman family, it, it ends up costing them more money than OJ because <laughs> he just doesn't uh, show any income anywhere, or you know he'll make them pay somebody else. Uh, but the Goldman family has to spend a fortune on detectives, lawyers, just to look and see if this guy's got any income. So they have to keep keep tracking him. Uh, one more. Let's go to Joe and Nyack. Hey, Joe. Uh, good morning, Mark. Yes. Uh, regarding the Michael Goodwin, I love his columns. I listen every Monday morning without fail, and I love your show. I wish somebody had mentioned Sean Hannity and his people who have been working on this since March. The Hillary Clinton story has been – Sean has done incredible work. Sarah Carter and, and – Yeah, John we Solomon. should mention Sean. In fact, you know, he's so good. They should put him on the radio. Maybe give him his own show in the afternoon. We do mention. We mention Sean all the time. He's on here no, no, I, I every day, three to six. No, I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. I just meant this morning, being that Michael had this wonderful column yesterday, that, that some mention would be made of Sean. But, well, there, we do uh, mention him every day. In fact, he mentions himself every day for three hours right here from three, <laughs> no, I know three that. to six. But I'm glad Michael put that column out. It got to a lot more people than the people you know, who never watch Fox. So that, that was great. Yeah, no, that column went pretty viral. Hey, Ed Rollins will be with us next. Now, here's the dean. Here's the guy that knows more about this stuff than anybody. Been in more White Houses. 
Uh, we'll talk about the dossier. Sidney Blumenthal's name has surfaced. He'll explain us exactly who this guy is. What do you hear all about this? Coming up next on 710 WOR. Let's get to the latest news. Here's Joe. WOR. Well, let's turn to the Dean, Ed Rollins. Now, nobody's been in more White Houses, more of these situations, knows more of what goes on behind the scenes than Ed Rollins. And you should, uh, if you're worried about the midterms, you should help out. Uh, he's got the Great America PAC uh, doing more to uh, help Republicans in this midterm. Ed Rollins, how you doing? Good. Good morning. How are you? It's greatamericapac.org, right? Absolutely right. Thank yeah, you. so... Um, now, let me ask you a question. This dossier, uh, we know this is slimy. We know this is bad. We know this is Clinton's. We've been hearing all of a sudden this name, Sidney Blumenthal, from the past. Who exactly is Sidney Blumenthal? Sidney used to be a journalist, uh, or at least alleged journalist, a very anti-Republican journalist, very very much a critic of uh, President Bush and any other Republican. Uh, he became uh, uh, a Clintonite, uh, and basically it was part of the White House staff, uh, left journalism. Uh, then basically became sort of Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Clinton's uh, dirty opposition person. She uh, he, he used his former relationships with reporters to leak stories. So uh, was sort of the attack dog on the various women that came forth to t- attack uh, President uh, Clinton. Yeah, uh, and basically has been on her payroll ever since. Uh, he uh, uh, and, and he tried to, and she went to the State Department. She wanted to bring him over there, and, and Rahm Emanuel was one of the the toughest political operatives around just said, no way, we're not going to let this guy in the scumbag, and we're not going to let him in the, in, the, in, the, in the State Department. So he went on the Clinton Foundation. Uh, she's paid him ten grand a month out of the Clinton Foundation, and he did all of her sort of opposition research and what have you. Now all of a sudden he re- he's very much involved in Benghazi, very much in the cover-up, very much involved, and uh, uh, now we're starting to find out very much involved in this, in this stuff on the dossier. So, so you're saying guy. this guy was too slimy for Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel <laughs> refused to let her bring him to the State Department. Uh, so oh. so that, tells, that tells you a lot. <laughs> it, it looks like uh, all we hear is the dossier, this guy Steele, he went to Russia, he got the information. But it's looking now like Sidney Blumenthal sent some of the information over there to have it come back in the dossier. So well, that- that's what he did. He, he, he had his colleagues in the State Department who were at the Clintonites, and basically uh, – they uh, somehow they got a copy of the dossier, which they shouldn't have, and basically uh, added to it uh, and used it. Then then have sort of going back to the to the FBI that this was this was out of the State Department. We've sort of checked this stuff out, and it's real, which obviously it wasn't. Uh, and even the person who was involved in doing that has now come forth and confessed in an op-ed the other day. So, you know, the, the Blumenthal's fingerprints are all over this thing, and I think to a certain extent uh, uh, they deliberately went out to, to damage this president as a candidate. Uh, this was paid fully as by the, by the DNC and by, the, by the, uh, the Clinton campaign. And the amazing thing to me is why, why didn't the FBI, when this guy came forward, say, who was paying for this thing? Uh, uh, and, and they never seem to never seem to figure that out. So I, I question I question the motivation of the of the uh, of the FBI. I think they I, I think they had an agenda. At least these people who were involved in trying to trying to make sure Hillary got reelected. Some of the people at the top, um, uh, not not certainly the whole agency per se, but the people at the top. Uh, and I think to a certain extent, it's uh, when this story is fully told, it'll be one of the great uh, great scams. Yeah. Now, uh, in every campaign, you plant a dirty story. You know, maybe in the case of Reagan, somebody plants a story in the local paper. He had a kid out of wedlock, some <laughs> stupid story. But this is the first time anybody's ever planted it into a foreign dossier to have it come back to go through the FBI. And this. And the State Department. And, and now, the State now, Department. Yeah, you know, so 
sort of put it's good it's 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 good housekeeping seal of approval uh, on a guy who basically was a was a somewhat uh, dis- disgruntled British spy many years ago. I mean, he's, he basically now is for hire, and and I think he obviously uh, uh, and and, they, and the premise of him going to Russia, he didn't go to Russia. He basically called the sources of Russia, say, "Give me all the all the garbage you have on Trump," and much of it made up, most of it made up. So. This all may have led to this whole myth of Russia collusion and may have led to the special prosecutor. Uh, Michael Goodwin calls it maybe the greatest dirty trick in presidential politics. And uh, I think you could have a second special counsel to look into the framing of Donald Trump. I think we need a special counsel that will do that. Unfortunately, uh, Mueller's investigation is is, is focused on the campaign in the White House, and, and and I think to a certain extent, you need someone to really look hard. How did this get going? How did this basically? Who are the who are the culprits in all of this? Uh, and, and and you need to correct it. I mean, you can't you can't just let these people basically play in our in our politics. Uh, you know, our politics are tough enough as it is without having the FBI and others basically get involved in it. Uh, so I'm I'm very disturbed by it. Yeah, we're talking with Ed Rollins. Um, uh, let me ask you about infrastructure. They keep talking about uh, $200 million, a trillion, a zillion, a billion, you know, all this infrastructure. Money. But we know, everybody knows, when they spend $20 billion for the new terminal at LaGuardia, it's really probably only $1 billion, and that, that bridge isn't $18 billion, It's probably $800 million. Is there anything you could ever do? I mean, Trump knows the cost. If he said to everybody, let's build at the real cost, you could never get away with that with politicians, could you? No, you couldn't. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and unfortunately, you know, the... the I always thought the infrastructure was a great way to put Americans back to work, and it should have been a high priority. If I was obviously advising the White House in the early days, I'd have said, "Let's go, let's go with this. Let's create jobs." The success of Trump's presidency is going to be getting this economy moving forward again, and I think they spent a lot of time and energy on the Obamacare, and it was, on, you know, really failed. Uh, the tax bill was successful, but really the infrastructure. There's not enough money in there to basically to all the things that need to be done, or even even in New York City, you could you could spend the whole whole amount of money right here in the city, and I, I doubt very seriously very much is going to come to the city. It's going to go to lots of other places across the country. We could spend trillions of dollars, but there's no money for it, and I think that's the that's the key thing. Yeah, but again, uh, when they rebuild the airport, twenty billion, it's really eight hundred million. If you just came in with it, if Trump put together a team of builders to tell you what the real costs are. Absolutely, and 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 oversee those builders. I mean, the problem problem in many places is that uh, you know it'd be like the new defense budget. The new defense budget is enormous. Uh, uh, if you if you're getting an honest an honest uh, dollar worth of material, yeah. someone sees this and they basically say, you know, I can get, I can get rich this way. Uh, and I think to a certain extent, you always you always have to manage this very very carefully. But so. if you really tried to do it, a lot of senators would have a heart attack, wouldn't they? Oh, absolutely. No question. I didn't, a lot of a lot of lobbyists in Washington that represents these defense industries. I mean, I, I can tell you when we built up the defenses in the in the early '80s with Reagan. Uh, you know, every single political, every single uh, uh, defense contractor was involved. Uh, it was very important, long term. Uh, but but there was no question we got ripped off. Uh, there were times we got ripped off. Yeah. And I think to a certain extent, uh, you really have to have much more effective management and watch this uh, very, very carefully. Hey, Ed Rollins, uh, there's talk about General Kelly. Uh, if, for whatever reason, they decide to get rid of General Kelly, people are going to say this is too many changes too fast. But is it okay? I mean, can a president work at private sector speed in the government? Uh, you know, this, this president is different than any 
modern day president, uh, maybe any president. Uh, my sense is he, it's what is what does he think he needs? I, I just think you don't need to have more chaos in this White House at this point in time with a, with a big legislative battles ahead, and certainly uh, certainly with a midterm election that certainly has very very significant consequences. So I'm not sure unless I really had problems with Kelly, I, I would make any changes at this point in time. Uh, um, but it's up to the president. The president can have anybody he wants in there, and the president can basically uh, what, what works for him. He's the guy that got the votes, and he has to he has to be comfortable with who his chief of staff is and his staff. All right. Now a lot of his supporters not happy with Jeff Sessions. They don't think uh, uh, he's done enough here to go after the real story. You could replace Jeff Sessions, but there's nobody on earth he could name that would get approved by Congress. Is there? You couldn't. You couldn't get him approved. I mean, what you would have to do then is uh, you'd have to put an acting in there, and you have some flexibility in acting. It doesn't have to be the deputy, which is Rosen. Yeah, is controversial. You can appoint anybody who's been confirmed in the government on a temporary basis. Uh, uh, so that could be a year, could be two years. Uh, you know, you could find someone who basically uh, is that he's it's a it's a first rate legal mind who's already somewhere else in the government and put them in that job on an acting basis. Uh, and that may be the best opportunity he has to, to, to change the direction of that place. So what if he pulled a little trick? What if he appointed somebody to be in the Interior Department and the Congress approved him? He could then, a few months later, move him over to Attorney General. Absolutely. Anybody, anybody who's been confirmed by the Senate and appointed by the President, confirmed by the Senate, can go into an acting position. That's the way the... the uh. Now, it's not a permanent. It's not a permanent thing. It could be, but it could be till the next. Uh, certainly through two eighteen. Certainly through this process that we're going through now. Well, now Ed Rollins, I, people are always saying to me now, uh, midterms. They're really worried. They want to raise money. They want to do this. They want to help in the midterms. But I always tell them, go through your uh, Great America PAC. Uh, here's, here's what here's what our PAC does. One of the problems is there's lots of money that's spent uh, in these midterm elections on, on all sides. What you don't want to do is you don't want to waste your money. You want to make sure that your money is spent wisely. You want to make sure that your money is spent finding your votes. What happens in a midterm election is the drop-off from a presidential election is dramatic. Uh, we're a 50-plus percent vote in a presidential election. It's been a 35, 36 percent vote in, a, in an off year. So you have to make sure you find your voters, you turn them out, just spending hundreds of millions of dollars on television commercials, which most of these operations do. There's not any guarantee that you know who your voters are, are turning them out. It's really a turnout operation. It's very sophisticated, and obviously that's what we try and do. Yeah, so if you want to help, uh, do it through uh, something like uh, greatamericapac.org. Make sure the money's spent effectively. Greatamericapac.org. And Ed Rollins, uh, always great talking to you. Thanks for being with My us. Pleasure. All right, take okay. care. Oh, and check out the webpage. We've got some good stuff up there today. Did you see Hillary? She's back. She's trying to uh, start up again, campaigning, making speeches, but it was Friday, and she tried to speak, and but she started to choke on her own lies. Watch this. She can't stop choking. Uh, and then take a look at this. You're being spied on by your own phone. Watch this video. It's a little scary. It'll show you what your phone is collecting, what data, and what it's doing with it. Uh, also, if you're a parent, you may be suffering from this disease. It's very funny. Take a look at this video. Oh, and if you're a Rat Pack fan, this is extremely rare video. Just discovered a Frank and Dean crashing the tonight show in the mid 60s take a look at all this stuff it's up on the web page go to 710wor.com then go over to the mark simone page or you can just go to 710wor.com slash mark 710wor.com slash mark lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.